Welcome to Funding the Dream on Kickstarter. I'm Richard Bliss, the host, and you're listening to episode 130. Nice round milestone, 130. We are just barreling down the track here, and we got a lot more content coming, more shows coming, people are lining up, uh, and it's been great. This episode, our little shout out goes to uh, Robert Jaraquez from Statesboro, Georgia. Robert's got a Kickstarter project that's almost there. It ends on March 8th, Friday, March 8th. So if you're listening to this uh, episode of this podcast after March 8th, it's already too late for Robert. But he's got three backers. He's almost there, even with three backers. He's only asking for a couple hundred dollars to rent a cabin for his film about a, um, I think it's a doctor, a college professor, excuse me, struggling with uh, the coping with his wife's death and everything that goes around that. So, okay, just our little shout-out. You can find it. It's called uh, And Miles to Go. It's under the film category, short film, and you can take a look at Robert's work and Miles to Go. He just needs a couple more backers, and he'll be there, even like $10. So there you go. Our sponsor, two sponsors. One is the Ares Games Project Sales, uh, Sales of Glory, which I mentioned on the last episode. A uh, great little game. Uh, I'm thrilled that it's coming to market. This is one that I have been waiting for literally for years. And I'm, I'm glad that it's coming to the market. So thrilled that that's going to happen. Now, this episode is going to be a little bit shorter than normal and a little bit different. And here's why. I get, I get to talk to a lot of you. And you talk to me about all kinds of different things. But there is a theme that runs through uh, the conversations that I have with you. And this theme is viewed in a variety of different ways. So let me give you some examples. This is going to sound a little scattered shot, but stay with me. Don't touch that dial. And I think it'll make sense by the time we get to the end. For example, equity-based crowdfunding, pledge-based crowdfunding. Equity-based crowdfunding is this whole jobs act and everything that, that you're going to give money that's going to become invested in the company rather than getting a thing. So I launch a, a board game publishing company. I take pledges from you. You don't get a game from me. Instead, you get a piece of my company. All right. That's this equity-based. It's coming. It's every, there's a new equity-based crowdfunding platform jumping up every day. I see it every day. And I get asked about, hey, you know, all this energy around this, what's going to happen? Well, here's what my opinion is. Look, the equity-based, how many of you listening to me right now of the thousands and thousands were approaching our quarter of a million listens to this podcast? How many of you have $1,000 burning a hole in your pocket that you just can't wait to go invest it in somebody's company? Uh, okay, there might be a few of you, but I don't think there's that many. I don't think there's that many. I think there's a lot more people who want to take your money than there are who people who want to give money. And the equity-based crowdfunding and the buzz around it, I think that's where it's going, that it's overhyped too much and that there's not an, it's, it's too many sharks chasing too few guppies, as I, uh, an analogy that I occasionally use. Don't know if it's apt, but they all want some of your money. Come invest your money on our crowdfunding platform for equity-based crowdfunding. You'll get a piece of the company. Well, here's the thing. My fans, you, listen, and after you get li- done listening to one of my guests, I know what happens, because it happens to me. You turn off the episode, you sit back, and you're like, wow, I can do that. I can go launch my own idea. Or you're inspired to say, wow, that was cool. I want to be part of that. 
not because I want to be part of that and give them $1,000 so that I get a return on my money. No, it's I want to be part of that because I want to be part of that. So I'll give them some money for a thank you or for a game or for a copy of their CD or whatever. It's a very much emotional tie. And I think that's called rewards-based crowdfunding. Rewards-based crowdfunding is going to be hugely more popular always. Kickstarter, Indiegogo, and Rocket Hub, the three big ones. They're going to be that. Kickstarter has said, we're not doing equity-based crowdfunding. Indiegogo, on the other hand, has said, wow, we're going to reinvent ourselves as an equity-based crowdfunding platform. I think Kickstarter is going to win that, that race. I think rewards-based, emotionally connecting, and being part of that is going to continue to win. That's my opinion. You might have a different one. Let me know. Plenty of places to find me at Richard Bliss on Twitter or at Game Whisperer on Twitter. Either one of those will find me quite easily. Or you can go to thegamewhisperer.com, fill out my, uh, sign up for the newsletter, and we'll keep each other updated. Now, that's one piece, this equity versus uh, rewards base. That's modifying the whole crowdfunding thing. The other thing is a lot of discussion about this whole Death Star and X-Wing fi- uh, Squadron Fighter Kickstarter projects that Kickstarter has allowed to go up. If you haven't heard about it, I don't know where you've been, but... Um, the U.S. government was petitioned to create a Death Star. Enough petition signatures were, I'm serious, dead serious, on their website, on the federal government's website. Enough people signed it that it was the White House was forced to respond, and they said, no, we're not going to build a Death Star. Okay, so some uh, enterprising folks in the British Isles said, okay, fine, we'll launch a Kickstarter to fund a Death Star, and we need one trillion gazillion dollars, or however much they said. And they started getting some coverage. Kickstarter actually allowed them to put it up there. Well, that, they weren't going to stand by. So some Chinese guys decided to launch an X-Wing Squadron response to that and raise some money for their X-Wing Squadron. Now, we're talking about, the, it's tongue-in-cheek, but we're talking about a real Death Star and real X-Wing fighters. And I've gotten into discussions with several people about the viability. This is, this is some have claimed that this is demeaning and removing the legitimacy of crowdfunding by doing this. And I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, that is the exact opposite thing that's happening. Look, we as a society and as a people and as a culture, and as I, I know I'm getting way out there, but look, we have been taught since we were kids that you can't have something because you can't afford it. And so your dreams have always been tied to money. If you can get the money, then you can do it. And what... So money first, then dream. What's happened is, is that this uh, recession that we just went through has caused everybody to go, oh, there's not a whole lot of money. So now what happens? Boom. Kickstarter crowdfunding pops up and says, okay, we'll, we'll cut out all the middlemen and we'll just take the money and give it to the people who, the people with the passion and the people who support that passion, we'll just put them together. It started to change the way we think about things. You're listening to my show because you suddenly have a belief that you have a dream. Let's t- you know, Mike, in my last episode, 18 years he had a dream, and he couldn't realize it. And now today, Kickstarter is allowing him to realize that dream. You have a dream. And up until this point, what's really held you back is the belief that you, there's no way you could get any money. Now Kickstarter says, sure. What happens if we took away the money? Now how big would you dream? And I got to admit, it's tough for us to dream big when we're not used to it. So along comes Death Star X-Wings Squadron. 
They are at the extreme. But what they have done is said, look, what would happen if this entire planet decided to get together and, and, and dream? We're going to dream about something, and we're going to make it happen. We're not going to rely on a government handout. We're not going to rely on a government institution. We're not going to rely on a charity. We're not going to rely on anybody but ourselves and our ability to tell a story. That's why I think this has been so important. The Death Star Next Wing Squadron has shown what crowdfunding has the potential to do, and that is set dreams so insanely big that we possibly, as a people, might achieve those. There you go. Okay, there's point number two. I know it's getting a, it's a, it's a little weird, this episode, and I apologize, but I've had these thoughts and ideas on my head. So this is what I want to do. I want to read to you out of a book. I know it's a weird episode, isn't it? I had on my show um, one of the most popular episodes ever was Seth Godin. Seth, uh, international best-selling marketing author, bunch of marketing books, Purple Cow, uh, The Dip, um, there's a bunch, and I've read most of them. He was on my show to talk about his Kickstarter project called The Icarus Deception. And the point here is that Icarus from Greek uh, mythology uh, was trapped, and his father and he f- formed wings out of feathers and wax and escaped. But his father warned him, don't fly too high to the sun or else the wax will melt and you'll fall. He ignored his father, flew too high, and fell. But Seth decided to to not point out that obvious story of don't stick up, don't go beyond the bounds, stay within the box, you'll be safe, and said, look, that story doesn't work anymore because there was another warning given to Icarus. Don't fly too low because the salt water will also wreak havoc with your wings. In other words, flying, and then Seth argues, flying low is worse because you feel safe. So let me read you the introduction of his book that he kickstarted. He was on my show to talk about his Kickstarter project called The Icarus Deception. As I read it, I realized that he was talking to you and me. And I found it very compelling, so I wanted to share it. And maybe you'll go buy it. I'm, I don't make any money off of whether you go buy the book, but here we go. We are all artists now. How long are you going to wait? They told you to get your resume in order, to punch your ticket, to fit in, and to follow instructions. They told you to swallow your pride, not to follow your dream. They promised trinkets and prizes and possibly riches if you would just suck it up and be part of the system, if you would merely do what you were told and conform. They sold you debt and self-storage, and reality TV shows. They sold your daughters and sons, too. All in exchange for what would happen later, when it was your turn. It's your turn. You are not your career. Your ability to follow instructions is not the secret to your success. You're hiding your best work, your best insight, and your best self from us every day. We know how much you care. And it's a shame that the system works overtime to push you away from the people and the projects you care about. The world does not owe you a living, but just when you needed it, a door was opened for you to make a difference. It's too bad that so much time has been wasted, but it would be unforgivable to wait any longer. You have the ability to contribute so much. We need you now. Does anyone have any suggestions? We've all heard this request at the end of a meeting. Sometimes the moderator even means it. Sometimes the moderator, the boss, the person with a problem actually wants to know if the group has an untried concept or an insight to share. And the response is always the same. 
silence. Sidelong glances, perhaps some shuffling of papers, but still silence. Really? All those highly trained, well-paid, and respected people in a room and not one person has something to contribute? I doubt it. Stick around for a few minutes, and if the moderator has earned any trust at all, someone speaks up. And if that person isn't similarly, if that person isn't executed, someone else speaks up. And then more people, until finally the room is filled with energy, a buzz that you can feel. Finally, we're permitted to be human, to end the silence, to share our best work. Amazingly, everyone in the room is capable, capable of seeing and analyzing and solving. Everyone in the room is capable of passion. Everyone in the room can care enough to do something. If they can overthrow the self-induced, systematically, systemically, excuse me, amplified sensor that keeps them in line. Why didn't anyone speak up earlier? Why did we have to wait until the meeting was over? Where does the strained silence come from? This isn't a book for other people. This is a book for you. It's a book for anyone who has been overlooked or brainwashed or seduced into being invisible. A revolution is here, our revolution, and it is shining a light on what we've known deep down for a long time. You are capable of making a difference, of being bold, and of changing more than you are willing to admit. You are capable of making art. Now, this might not work. This book might not hit its mark, or it might not be direct enough, or it might be too direct. I've gone outside my comfort zone in writing and publishing it, and I'm hoping you'll go out of your comfort zone in reading it. I'm trying to help you see something that's all around that you may have missed, something you may be intentionally ignoring. I'm working to get more people to taste something they haven't taste, wanted to taste, to experience a different way of working and thinking about the work they do. It is so tempting for me to smooth out the edges to make the work safe and obvious and comforting. I wish I could make the book easy and guaranteed and reach everyone I want to reach. I can't do that, though. This revolution is too important to allow me to water down this project. Thank you for letting me take the risk of writing this book, and thank you for taking the risk of giving it a try. Catching the Wily Fox Build an eight-foot-long fence in the forest. Lay out some bait and go away for a week. The fox is too crafty to be caught in a simple trap, and he will smell you and avoid the fence for days, but eventually he'll come and eat the bait. At the end of the week, build a second length of fence at right angles to the first. Leave more bait. The fox will avoid the fence again for a few days, then take the bait. At the end of the second week, build a third wall and a gate. Leave more bait. When you come back at the end of the month, the fox will be happily prancing in his safe enclosure, and all you have to do is close the gate. The fox will be trapped. This, of course, is what happened to us. The Industrial Age built the trap we're, in, we're mired in, but it didn't build the trap all at once. It took centuries to perfect, and we were seduced. Seduced by the bait of decent pay and plenty of prizes. Seduced by the apparent security of the enclosure. And once the gate was shut, we were kept in by the threat of shame, the amplification of risk, and society's reliance on more and shinier prizes. For us, though, the situation is even more poignant than it is for the fox, as the industrial age has faded away and been replaced by the connection economy, the wide-open reality of our new economic revolution, the fence has been dismantled. It's gone. But most of us have no idea that we're no longer fenced in. 
We've been so thoroughly brainwashed and intimidated and socialized that we stay huddled together waiting for instructions when we have the first, best, and once-in-a-lifetime chance to do something extraordinary instead. This book revolves around a simple assumption on my part, that you know how to be human and how to make art. We don't need to be taught to make art, but sometimes we need permission to do so. Following instructions is overrated. All right. That is the introduction to The Icarus Deception by Seth Godin. I started reading the book, and I read that section, and I realized that the common theme that I hear from so many of you as we're talking is the absolute amazement that this Kickstarter phenomenon has done to you and the way you look at life. Yeah, you know, it certainly has done for me. You know my signature sign-off is, is that hopefully you've heard something that's been inspiring. And the reason I say that is because so often I'm inspired and I know you're inspired because we hear something that somebody broke out and did something, took a risk, had a passion, put it out there, and the world rewarded them for it. And it is amazing. And it's, it's, it's so infectious. It makes me just want to go do it myself. It wants me to be part of it. It wants me to help somebody succeed. And that's what I feel that Seth's talking about. We have been boxed in to say, look, nine to five, punch your ticket, get a job, use your resume. Somebody's going to reward you for doing the rules. And instead, this connected economy that we're in has transformed the way that you and I can go about pursuing the dreams and passions of our life. I am not the Anthony Robbins of Kickstarter, okay? So I don't want you to think that. But what I do want is I have become personally connected to you. And you have shared with me your dreams and passions. And it's been really hard for me when you don't get to realize those. And so I try to seek out the best guests and and the greatest insights to help you achieve your dreams. Seth Godin's Icarus Deception put into words kind of what I've been feeling. And so hopefully you can find a way to continue to use Kickstarter and crowdfunding to realize your dreams. There you go. Slightly different episode this week. I hope you appreciated it and enjoyed it. If you'd like to participate in this conversation with me, feel free to reach out. You can find me on Skype at Richard Bliss, Twitter at Richard Bliss, or at Game Whisperer. My website, thegamewhisperer.com, is where I, I host most of my commentary and comments. Or richardblissblog.com is where I talk. Feel free to email me, rbliss at thegamewhisperer.com or work. I'd love to hear your stories. Reach out, talk to you. Thanks for listening. Hopefully you've heard something inspiring on this episode. I know I have. I look forward to seeing you put your project and your dream out there so we can help you fund your dream. Thanks for listening. Take care.